Hey everybody and welcome to a playful wild ride with Steve-O. We've got the most major playboy on the planet over here, Dan Bilzerian. And this could not be juicier. You hear him tell you he's got $350 million. You hear him speak back to all of these claims that his company Ignite was supposed to go bankrupt. I mean, there's no question this guy will not answer. He's shockingly intelligent, evidently good at business because he took us on a tour of his house and hand to God, it's the most ridiculous house I have ever set foot in in my life. Gotta say, this guy ranks among the most fascinating people I've ever spoken to. So let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Bilzerian. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so this is my co-host, Scott Randolph. Hello, what's up? My no, brand much. new other co-host, Vinny. What's up, dude? How do you say Very your nice name? Very nice to me. Imperati? Imperati, there you go. Imperati. Yeah, right Skinny nose. Vinny on Instagram. Yeah, that's now, right. Now, the, the first question, who, who, who humped more last night? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, 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 he walked in and said five times last well, night. Well, one person, though, so yeah. actually less impressive. Dude, so Vinny, one person, three times last night, once this morning. Okay. You? Yeah. So, so uh, putting up a fight, but still losing. Still losing. <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. Um, so yeah, dude, we've been working on doing this podcast for a long time. Yeah, We're finally here. No. Uh, parked outside of your. I mean, you can't even call this a house, right? What do you call it? An estate? Yeah, yeah, compound. Yeah, so <laughs> it was nice for COVID, man. I bet. Yeah, there's um, like four villas side by side. Yes, yeah, so we got like the rec center with the basketball, and then. Full paintball field, got a dirt bike track. You'd probably RV parking yourself out there. You know. Do you have a hockey rink in there? So it was a hockey rink, and I made it into a basketball court slash like pickleball. It's so rad. Yeah. Dan, it's epic. Um, so uh, so you recently <laughs> had a book come out, and um, as I, as I'm reading it, I, I'm because because I'm a sober guy. Like, yeah. uh, no drugs, no alcohol, and, like, I'm a, a sex addict guy who, like, sexual sobriety is a thing. So I'm, I'm reading your book, and it's like, man, like, I, I, I banged five chicks, you know, like, and, and I'm honestly concerned as I read it. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it. it's so legitimately, explosively juicy that I'm like worried about my sobriety as I'm reading it. I'm like, man, I don't know if this is a good idea. So I, I think that's probably as good of a, uh, a good of a recommendation as, as you can get that it, it, your book scared me for my own recovery. <laughs> yeah. So you were, you were like a former sex addict. Yeah. Interesting. I've got, uh, I've, I've got almost six years under my belt of not Actually, I think I, I, yeah, not putting my wiener anywhere it doesn't belong. Wow, that's good, man. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's so stressful. Like, number one, it's it's just the gnarliest time suck, like chasing chicks around. Yeah, and it, like, pulls your energy. There's a lot of nerves yeah. to it, for sure. And then there's, like, the the anxiety. Like, what did I put my dick in? Oh, my God, <laughs> I got to I gotta go to the doctor. I Like, I'm, you know, like, oh, like, what, uh... You know, the, just the health concerns is just so stressful. 
And then with uh, you know the current, God, I'm glad I stopped acting out sexually when I did because it seems yeah. like a really dangerous playing field to be on these days. Yeah, I was like good about it in my like when I was really going hard. It was just always condoms. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where if you use it every time, then you're okay. But if you try and like sometimes not, sometimes do it, then every time you're wearing it, you're like, "Fuck, this doesn't feel as good," or like you right. rip the thing off. So for like. I don't know, three years, I think I only had sex with a condom. Like, I would even test girls and then still fuck them with a condom, which really pissed them off. Wow. But, How yeah. do you test a girl? That's interesting. Uh, piss test, blood tests. Yeah, I'd have, like, doctors come out. Like, even now, like, I do tests every week, so I'm, like, pretty... There you go. Yeah. That's you good. Do, you do STD tests every week from your house? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Sometimes <laughs> twice a week. It's <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things where like I haven't you know, I haven't had issues with STDs. It's just I'll get prostatitis. So because I had a girlfriend, so I was like banging her without a condom and then occasionally like I'd fuck other chicks without a condom because it's kind of hard to like, like I said, if you're yeah. always doing it, then it's no big deal. Your dick actually gets more sensitive, but if you're just picking and choosing oh she looks slutty i'll wear a condom you right. know? and then like you know a percocet and a fucking five beers in you're like oh you know she's probably not that dirty or you know we'll, <laughs> fucking, we'll, we'll take right. the risk you know yeah and uh so i just found like the bacteria would just give me prostatitis and then made me piss all the time oh which, man yeah which was just annoying you know yeah and so I piss all the time. I blame it on all the coffee I drink all day. Yeah, yeah. Well, coffee. Um, when Pussy. I was like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what I'm really, I've been really looking forward to talking to you because I saw, and I think that the timing of it was when Ignite went public. All of a sudden, like the in going public, the financial records of the company are, are made public for all to see. And there was just what looked like a wave of like financial YouTubers just saying, oh, this is a slam dunk. Like, oh, Ignite's going to declare bankruptcy any minute now. It's a and like I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And yeah, then... they've been waiting for like three years for that. So, so basically, so it went public, I think, in like 18. It kind of like went public like right off the bat. Um, but then the financials are a little bit delayed. Um, and I think it was basically like when COVID really hit and I was and I was moving out of the house in L.A. because we couldn't throw parties. Um, you know, our like production got stopped in China. It was like this whole thing. So we we're like, OK, let's cut costs. And we're really like selling the wrong product, honestly. That was the real issue. It's like we came into the thing doing weed, but you're only in a certain, you know, couple uh -huh. of states. And 80% of my following is outside the US, right? So I'm like dropping atomic bombs on anthills every time I do a post. It's like all these people, they want to buy the product, but there's no product to sell them, right? So right. when we switched over to the nicotine, the vapes, then it was like, you know, bam, like worldwide, everybody can get them, we can ship them, better margins, just entirely better business there's not a lot of guys in the pot business killing it at all i think like burner might be the only one um just because you're competing with the black market they don't have to test right. their shit you know there's like <clears throat> they're not paying taxes you tax the legal guys like the same as cocaine dealers as 280 so like 
they get no write-offs. It's just a brutal business. They can't bank, so they're dealing with cash. Basically, all the negatives of like doing an illegal business, but like it's technically legal. And right. then you're competing against other guys that aren't playing by the rules. So it's like they're not testing their products. They don't have to wait. So it's like, and they're going direct to consumer. They're not paying $18 million for a fucking license. So their margins don't have to be as high. It's like this whole thing, right? So we got out of that. That was a fucking godsend. But the real, like, hail of press came down when we fired our CEO. So our CEO, we fired him. He was like, I honestly think the dude was, like, doing drugs. He was so erratic. Like, I think he had, like, a real problem. But anyways, Didn't he had, like, the... multiple CEOs? Like, yeah. he kind of cycled through a number of them? Yeah, I think he was, like, our third one. Right. So we got rid of him, and he did this whole, like, whistleblower thing and, like, went to the press. He basically, like, was trying to, like, blackmail us for money. And we're like, fuck you. We're not paying you. He goes to the press. Like, you know, they're blowing money. They're doing this. They're doing that. And so the press did some articles, and then all the YouTube guys jumped on that bandwagon. Right. And we, like, weren't profitable. We had lost, like, I think it was, like, $50 million, which, if you think about, like, the grand scheme of a company, like, Uber lost, like, $5 billion and a quarter. You know what I mean? Right. There's, like, a lot of, like, really valuable companies that aren't even profitable. Like, Tesla sure. is, like, not profitable for a long time. Yeah, and Netflix so, isn't profitable, I think. There's a ton of them, you yeah. know? There's a ton of them. So, like, when you're starting a business and you're, and you're building a brand, like, many times you're not going to be profitable, especially, you know, we're in the wrong business. So there was like that whole thing. And then like every YouTuber jumped on and it was just like negative press, negative press. And I thought about addressing it, but it was like a weird thing because, you know, these YouTube guys, you get a million views, 2 million views, but every post of mine is getting 40, right. 50 million fucking views. So it's like, do I want to like shine right. a big fucking light on these assholes? Right. And I think it would have been like, it would have been different if like CNN did some shit, you know? Right. But it was like these random YouTube kids. So I just chose to like focus on my book and like not really like address I, it. But then that kind of like sent a wildfire of like, you know, all this like uncontested stuff. And, you know, as you know, like the bad press always does better than the good press. So yeah, it was like, it was crazy. You know, I'm like worth $350 million. These people are like, he's going broke. He's fleeing the country. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I, I, think, know, I like agree completely. Shit. I agree completely with that approach. Um, right. You know, I think uh, silence is the deadliest weapon for sure. But I think that when that was stuff was going on, you did get pretty quiet on your Instagram. Didn't you not post for a while there? Yeah, so I was writing that book for two years, man. Okay. Dude, like, I, I, I just... legitimately wrote the whole fucking thing and did like all but one edit myself. So it was wow. a fucking big project. I just put out my second book. I wrote it with a co-writer, and man, it's the gnarliest amount of work. Yeah, well, I wasn't a reader, and I wasn't a fucking writer. So, like, <laughs> doing, doing a 500... Well, it started 708 pages. So, like, right. doing a, you know, a book right. that, like, reduced to 500 pages is a fucking, like, big undertaking for a guy that doesn't write. And then doing all your edits, like, minus right. one. I did 36 of the 37, so... Yeah. Um, so, how many Instagram followers do you have at this point? Um, Instagram, I think it's like 33. 33 million. Yeah. It, it, it's rad to, um, you've got like, like legit engagement, you know, well, like you got the, you've got millions of likes and you think like, they're not like fake followers. Who was it? Well, my at? shit's underrepresented. You have to understand like, cause there's so many people following me that aren't actually following me, right? That have my notifications on. I mean, dude, my last story got nine and a half million views. Wow. Like, got wow. a story, you know? So it's like, and I can show you the numbers, like you can see it on the back end. So there's no faking the back end. Right. right? Like, so, I mean, 
Yeah, it's a weird thing. I like compared my numbers to The Rock, to Kylie Jenner, Kendall Jenner, um, Kardashian. Like I beat all of them. It's not even close. Like The Rock, I think I have like 50 X's engagement, you know? And so it's like you look at the people viewing and, and liking and whatever, and um, it's a lot, man. But the thing is, like I said, 80% is outside the U.S., so, like, our big challenge was finding a product that we can market outside. Right. And so now we're, like, fucking crushing it in South America. We're killing it in fucking Africa. Like, even the fucking Congo. Like, who would have thought in a million years wow. people would be following me from the fucking Congo, you know? And so it's a weird thing. We're, like, trying to get, you know, products into all these different markets, but then the regulatory stuff. But we're, you know, doing well. I think we're in, like, I want to say um, 60 countries right now, so... Nice, dude. Yeah. That's surprising that you've got 80% of your following outside the U.S. I, I, I forget what. I think mine is like 50-50. So what happened was like I would get this press and then the Daily Mail would run and, and then all these different publications would pick up the same article yeah. and just run around the world. And there's this like fascination with U.S. celebrity, you know, because like... Yeah. If you think about it, like, what celebrities are in China, you know? What celebrities are in India? I mean, I'm sure they have them, but, like, nobody that we know about, you know? Jackie Chan. Yeah, he's, yeah, like, old school, yeah. Right. But, dude, yeah. it's fun following you on Instagram, man. I enjoy it. Just guns and pussy <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know? it's, it started off like a bucket list man it was like all the things that i wanted to do when i was younger i just said because i made a lot of money in like 2013 14 right that's so from was, poker yeah so i'd like kind of struggled climb the ladder and then i found my like found my niche which is what i always knew that i was going to find which was like the fucking super rich billionaire guys and when i got into those games it was like fucking wheels came off the wagon you know like 10 million dollar wins in a night 12 million dollars you know crazy shit right yeah and so like it was like grind 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 like all of a sudden like knock it out of the park and with less effort like worse players less risk but it was fucking bigger money you know it's like still got a risk to win you know like you gotta right. bet five million to win five million so it was like you know it was a fucking it was a lot of stress but that always was where I knew I was going to end up. Like, I wasn't trying to be, like, one of these assholes collecting bracelets, playing online, like, showing everybody how fucking good I was. I was, you know, wanting to be perceived as a trust fund idiot that didn't know how to play, that got in with the, all these fucking, you know, like, producers and celebrities, and eventually, like, we were playing so big that the celebrities couldn't afford it, the fucking producers couldn't, you know what I mean? So it was, like, this crazy thing where it was, like, rare air, you know? Were you in that, uh... Molly's game? game? Yeah, the Molly's game. Yeah, I actually wrote the first chapter of her book. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, she's... It was funny, man. That that movie, like, so accurately depicted her. Nice. Like, it was, it was scary how, like, spot on it was. But, yeah, no, her game was a real thing. And it was like... Yeah, I remember that Bradley Ruderman guy came in. He lost, like, 25 million bucks. And uh, I got a little bit of it. Um, I actually had to... So, I got... I won eighty five thousand, and I had to write a check for a hundred grand to get the eighty five. Um... And then I think she like, or wait, no, sorry. They gave me a check for a hundred. I paid her fifteen thousand in cash for my eighty-five win. And then when they came after me, they came after me for the hundred. So they came after me for more than I even fucking won. And they didn't just win it from him. It's like a ring game, but he was like one of the losers. So I ended up getting a check from him. I don't even know if I beat him for any money. But so I had to pay that back, and then I'd pay like Nick Cassavetti's money back. I mean, just just to put this in perspective, this would be like. If somebody fucking robbed the bank and went into a fucking convenience store and bought a candy bar and ate it and then went and bought a suit and fucking wore it 
And then they go back to the fucking tailor and the fucking store owner and like, oh, you should have known this guy fucking got his money illegally. Like, give the money back. Right. It's like, no, motherfucker. You know, just like if I had lost in the game, they're not going to give me my money back. You know, so it was like the worst free roll of all time. Right. Yeah. Did you have a character in that movie? Or? No, no. I asked her to like stay out of it at the time. I was like, because <laughs> I was playing in like 2011 when she was writing this book. And this was before like Instagram, all this shit. And like right. nobody knew what the fuck it was. And I was kind of like trying to stay under the radar at the time. Um, so, yeah. Good, man. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, they, they, like so talk to us about like the the role that your dad has in the company because everyone's like oh this guy you know crazy went to prison and like yeah he's so he started helping out like around about the time we got rid of Curtis um uh-huh. and so yeah I was like not a guy that ran fucking companies you know I was a marketing guy I was sure. a guy that like understood what people wanted to see and I could like you know figure out like what products were good and you know what people would want but like running a company was not my forte so yeah he's been like helping out and that's been that's been good i think that's been like one of the reasons why i've been able to like really like turn this thing around to be good. honest i think that uh you know in, in some respects i look at what you do and uh compare it to like hip-hop like rappers just being like you know extravagant crazy you know like when uh, when everybody was like oh we we got you like you didn't own that house you were renting it yeah. like to me i'm like that makes perfect fucking sense you know what else makes perfect sense to me not suffering from malnutrition that's right, and that's why I use Athletic Greens, because it is the most comprehensive, convenient, and frankly delicious supplement out there. One scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens provides me with 75 different vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. It helps with my gut health. It helps with my cognitive ability. It fills in every single gap in my diet. There's genuinely not another supplement out there that can give you as much as AG1 from Athletic Greens. I start my morning with a pint of water and one scoop of AG1. It is delicious. I'm hydrated. I'm off to the races. I'm quick. I'm smart. I'm healthy, and you can be too. If you go to athleticgreens.com slash stevo, not only will you be in this elite club of people, but you will also get, with your first order, five comprehensive, convenient daily nutrition packets and an entire year's supply of immune-boosting vitamin D. Yes, from Athletic Greens. So once again, go to athleticgreens.com slash Stevo for five travel packs, a whole year's supply of vitamin D. And you're going to love it because I do too. Let's get into this. You know, I've like, rented every fucking house I've ever had in LA. You know, like I've, never, I've never owned a piece of real estate in California in my life. I never want to be a resident. Um Part of it was taxes, part of it was laws, um, part of it was I just, like, didn't want to fucking sink that much dough in, you know? And so right. it was one of those things. We I actually paid $5 million for the option to buy that house, and the plan was to buy that house, but not to, like, keep it, to flip it, 
because I thought you right. know we actually got a strike price. I think it was like sixty million for that house. It was listed for like ninety, and I figured you know we could make this the new fucking Playboy Mansion, but cooler, whatever. And yeah. if you remember, the Playboy Mansion sold for like a hundred, hundred twenty million. It was a shithole. Yeah. It was a house that, like, you literally used to tear down, you know? I'm pretty sure I was banned from it, but <laughs> 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 they didn't like, they, they didn't take kindly to me uh, blatantly doing cocaine right out in the open, like, <laughs> you're not supposed, you're supposed to have a little bit of discretion. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I went there, and it was, like, always, like, a childhood dream to go there, but I didn't go till it was, like, later, when they were kind of, like, selling the tickets for, like, the karma thing or whatever. Uh-huh. And... It was cool, but it wasn't like back in the day, you know? Yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Um, What's the coolest party you've ever been to that comes to mind? I mean, I mean definitely the ones I threw. Right. Yeah. I mean, I threw some fucking monsters. I mean, they were like, I had Cardi B performing in my living room. Like, it was, <laughs> I mean, we had 3,000 girls and like maybe 300 guys, you know? I remember Jeez. one time I had invited like some veterans out and there was like, because I told these girls, like, look, if you don't want to shuttle, you got to show up early. So there's, I think it was like 18 or 1900 girls in lingerie running around the house and there was like me and like I don't know it's like six amputee veterans or something you know? yeah. <laughs> it was just like nothing but fucking pussy everywhere um, <laughs> and so like I just always knew like when you started a party like that like with that ratio like the power could go out you could run out of liquor it's like there's no way the party's not going to be good the fucking singer could not show up but if you got all the hot pussy, I mean, that's where guys go to the club. We don't go there to dance. Right. We're not going there to fucking bob our head. We could drink in our fucking, you know, goddamn closet with our buddies of all we care. Like, we're going to the club to get pussy. That's, like, that's one of the things that I think a lot of people don't realize. Like, the only reason guys go to the club is to get laid. We're not going there to talk to our friends. Because why the fuck do you want to, like, scream at your buddy? Can't yeah. fucking hear anything. Like, nobody goes there other than to get a pussy. Like, these girls go there to dance, maybe... But, like, the guys, is to get laid. So if you want to throw a good party, you have a bunch of fucking hot girls and you have the ratio right. And I realized that, like, you know, when you have the ratio right, the girls have to come to you. It's a very different dynamic. And so that's what I always want to create. You know, and I, I did it, like, on a smaller scale when I was living at Blue Jay. Um, it's like, Richard Gere's old house. And um, had, like, 300 girls, you know, 30 guys, and would do these, like, pool parties. And, fuck, man, the girls got aggressive because nobody's paying attention to them. So they're, like coming to you you know yeah. and it's a very different dynamic when that's happening you know how do you get 300 girls are you like emptying out a model agency into your house promoters modeling agencies and then I was also throwing poker games so I was like hiring a lot of these girls to like do the poker stuff and these girls are making three three to five thousand dollars a night you know so it's a very like coveted gig and um and then they would that's bring what their you're friends. paying them I wasn't paying them shit. We, I actually made money <laughs> off of them. Nice. So we would split the tips 50-50. So it was like, I, I offered them, <clears throat> I'd either pay them $100 an hour or we could split the tips. And what I found was, like, unequivocally, <clears throat> the girls that split the tips would fucking, you know, make a killing because they cared. And the girls that you paid hourly were like, you know, usually they would make more than you paid them, but they weren't as motivated. So then we would just went straight to like, splitting the tips but like I said they're making so much fucking money like the smallest chip we had on the table was I think like $500 chips so like the minimum these girls are getting tipped is 500 bucks to get a drink to fucking you know rub somebody's back it's like you know and then these guys are winning you know half million dollar pots and it's like you know they feel cheap throwing them anything other than 5,000 so it's like one of these like weird scenarios where these girls would make crazy bread and um 
and yeah, then they would bring their friends, and it was this whole thing. So, like, I mean, what the fuck are you going to do if you're a model? Like, go fucking bust your ass, wear 30 outfits, and shoot for fucking, you know, 400 bucks? Or are you going to go, like, work a poker game for four hours and make 5000 You know, so it's like one of those things where it was like, this was before, like, the sugar daddy craze, before, like, you know, OnlyFans, before, like, the whole ecosystem got ruined, you know? And so, like, back when, like, 5000 was a lot of fucking money, these girls, now it's like you know shit like the whole thing's crazy and turned on its head but like back then it was a big fucking deal you know and so they were yeah. like really fighting to work these games how, how do i you, you're asking about three, 300 girls how do you get three girls to my house <laughs> you know like i'm trying to figure that out dude. well like i said the poker thing was like a big thing and so and here's another thing with the poker thing is like so girls started realizing like hey we can invite other girls and take 20% of their money. Mm. So, like, if one girl invites five girls and she's getting 20% of, you know, what these girls are making, she's making the same amount, but she doesn't have to work, right? So then, you know, they, they send over, you know, tons of girls. So I had, like, this pipeline of, like, constant, like, new chicks. And when they would, like, come over to, like, interview for these games, I mean, it was, like, literally, like, you know, these chicks, like, thought it was, like, the casting couch. And I'm, like... You know, I'm like, this is a fucking business, you know what I mean? Like, I got tons of pussy. I'm not, like, worried about getting my dick sucked in the bathroom here. But these chicks, like, I mean, these chicks were, like, ready to do it all, you know? And I was, it was one of those things where, um, you know, we would, we would play poker, like, big enough stakes so the guys didn't really give a fuck about the girls. But you wanted to have the hot girls there anyways. But the focus was on the poker. Like, we're playing for crazy money. So, like, I think the smaller games kind of got the reputation of where the girls are getting paid to fuck and, like... They're doing drugs and people are drinking and shit but like at my games nobody's getting fucked up it was like serious you know they were like everybody's out for blood they're fucking uh-huh. you know um do you have an old only fans do it, i yeah i mean it seems like it would make perfect sense yeah. to have like an uncensored version of <laughs> dan bilzerian's instagram that you got to pay for on only fans yeah i made one but i just like i don't know man i felt fucking like cheesy posting on there and then also like i didn't really want to like expose the girls because there was like we had some crazy shit that you know always happens that like i mean honestly like i can't post 90% of the shit that happens, right? Girls are running around naked. You know, you can't do that. You can't have suggested. You can't have hand bras. You can't, you know, you obviously can't have no suggested. sex. What's suggested? I think like, 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 oh, like, where it looks sex. like, yeah, it looks like something's, yeah. even if it, you know, it is happening or it looks like it's happening, you know, right. like Instagram got pretty serious. Dude, they TikTok's got really, like, really pussified, man. Yeah, they did. And so I think that's one of the reasons why OnlyFans is doing so well. That and, you know, guys are just, way lonelier than I ever thought they were. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, it's a crazy thing, man. Like, I remember when they came to me with this concept of OnlyFans, and I'm like, so, you're telling me that the guy's gonna pay to talk to a girl that he's not fucking? I'm like, you're fucking retarded, man. Like, I didn't even know that that's work. what it was. I thought you had yeah. to pay on an, like, per post basis, you have to pay to unlock an image. Well, you well, can pay to chat as well. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, there's, there's like different things. Like, originally it was like you subscribe to their page, and then you like pay in the chat and then like the unlock pictures there's like you know a lot of different ways to skin the cat i think right. but like isn't that just like a strip club kind of i mean it's like a virtual like online it's you like, know dude, i think she likes me dude <laughs> it, and you know the funny thing is the really fucking kicker of this whole goddamn deal 
is most of the fucking people that these guys are talking to are other dudes or fucking old ladies. It's not the chick. Wow. Well, I was doing it for Priya. <laughs> I was oh texting for Priya. Yeah. 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 Dudes are dropping yeah. 30 grand on this motherfucker. Talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Paying, I'm telling you. paying me to text for her. Yeah. Are you allowed to say that? I don't fucking know. Well, it's too late now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. That's I, I would have a, I would have a template like a template of like already like phrases that she wanted me to reply with and like <laughs> I, like they'd be sending me dick pics did she like, have like uh, a whole so it's like oh show me something you've just hey, got like yeah. an arsenal yeah, yeah, yeah. of pictures of her yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. oh my god I'm telling you it's, it, that's the norm like for you to actually be talking to the chick is very rare I bet. I mean, <laughs> back in the day of like uh, the one nine hundred yeah. call center thing. Yeah, I mean, that kind of shit. That might be chicks, but but not the ones in the pictures. Yeah. No, Nowadays, no. you're probably talking to like an AI bot that's like not even fucking an AI bot. Real. Yeah, that's I'm the future of it. Right? <laughs> they, they basically like ask the questions and then you have a bunch of like, you know, their answers to the most commonly asked questions and then AI bot, AI bot just answers. Figure it out. Here's the thing like, when you have, you know, two million followers or whatever the fuck these girls have, how can you, you know, respond to all these people? So it's like they basically pay the agencies like 20, 25%, and then those people answer around the clock, and then they just make more money. You know, they're paying out a piece, but they're making more like net at the end of the day because somebody's responding 24-7. Yeah, the margin on that, like who cares if it's just the volume is fucking right. insane. That's the thing, and the girls are lazy too, so they'll just like forget to text or like... That was one of the sur most surprising things to me about the OnlyFans stuff is these girls be making like real money. I mean, like fifty thousand a month, forty thousand yeah. a month, and they would actually get lazy. To me, it's like if I'm making that kind of bread, I want to sure. make seventy. I want to make yeah. eighty. I want to like, how far can we take this? For right? Sure. This is a fucking cash cow, and let's cash in now. These chicks are like, well, I bought my purse, I got my shoes, you know, my sugar daddy's paying my car, like, I don't really need to work, so I'm not going to work, instead of like, let's fucking make all the money while we can, because we literally have a three-year shelf life before we fucking, you know, are not attractive anymore, or whatever, you know, <laughs> right. so it's like... Mm -hmm. what, what did and, and, and a lot of them don't realize they have to pay taxes on that. Did you ever have an issue with, like, killing it a lot of money and, like, the learning curve of, like, paying the tax man right away, or...? I got fucked, so... One of the reasons why I'd never got a house in California was because of the California taxes. My problem was I made a lot of the fucking poker money in California. So one of the things people don't realize, like if you're in, you know, I don't know, man, Puerto Rico, USVI. I don't know if you're aware of those tax, yeah. you know, things. That's why the, the Paul brothers moved to 100%. Puerto Rico. Yeah, they're paying 4%. Like literally 4% on all of their shit. So no representation of, without taxation. Right, so they, they don't have a governor there because they don't pay taxes, or there's no senator representing them because they don't pay taxes. I don't know what the what like the reason is, but I do know like Puerto Rico is like that. It's U.S. territory. USVI is yeah. like that, and they pay four percent. And it's not, and that's like on cap gains. That's on yeah. their income. That's on everything. So it's a mass. My buddy, my buddy saved seventy five million bucks in one year. You know what I mean? Just sure. doing it. So it's like, and you don't have to live there the whole year. It's like six months or and the majority six months in one day will do that's the trick. the first and then the second year i think it's just more time there than in the u.s you could spend four months in europe you know for the summer ah. then spend four months in a day there and then three months in fucking 29 days you know in california and you're fine so if you're making a lot of money and you're doing it like online there's fucking no better shit um but anyways yeah. the, the point that i'm getting to is like even if you're 
in that tax loophole, every dollar that you make in California pays California tax. So if you are a fucking, like, I don't even know the Texas fucking teams, whatever, Florida teams, let's say you're a fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneer and you play a game in uh, LA, you pay California taxes on that game and every game that you play. So if you oh, play, wow. like, yeah, it's fucked up, man. It's like the wow. craziest thing ever. Well, because yeah. well, because remember, I was looking to move to Nevada or looking to move right. somewhere because just to buy a house and and I was talking. I've talked to maybe five or six accountants and they're like, all your money comes from California, so there's no tax breaks on it. Because I was trying to get creative with it, and you know, yeah. some people set up a thing in Wyoming or Delaware. It's like where do you work? And I'm like, well, all the LLCs are registered in California. And they're like, yeah. okay. Man, that's crazy. Um, you ever get into crypto? I'm, I got yeah. to believe that it's you were to that. Yeah, so actually, yeah, I had a chapter in, in there about, um, we sent this kid this, so they had banned white guys from Macau when they opened the win in Macau for, for you know, regular gambling. Macau's a country. Off of China, it's a territory Somewhere of China, China. Asia, yeah. I went like, there. Yeah, so they got like big casinos, a lot of hookers, you know what I mean? Like these Asian guys love it. Uh They go there, they eat the fucking bird's nest soup, butt fuck hookers, and gamble all goddamn day. It's like the degenerate (laughs) capital of the world, right? It's literally all there is to do is fuck hookers and gamble. It's like Vegas with grass. Yeah, it's like Vegas with like less options of shit to do. Yeah. You know, I don't think they even have clubs. Anyways, I've never been there, but we had, I'd sent some people over there. So, Another way that I'd make money in poker is taking pieces of other people. Like, people would play, like, above their bankroll. They couldn't afford it. Sometimes, you know, like this Jay Farber guy gave him $2,000. He got second in the World Series, paid me a million something, you know, off my two grand. So, you know, another guy gave him... That's a great uh, return. Yeah. You want to talk about crazy returns? Well, UFC fans, get a load of this. DraftKings Sportsbook is doing something nuts. For UFC 283 this weekend. Anybody who's a new customer who downloads the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the promo code Stevo and places even a $5 bet on UFC 283 automatically gets $200 in free bets to just play with. That's crazy returns. So we've got the vacant light heavyweight title up for grabs. Who's going to get it? Glover Teixeira or Jamal Hill? And that's not the only title on the line. we got Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueroa for the first time. Two fighters have faced each other in the octagon for four times in the history of the organization. So you want action? Then get on it. DraftKings Sportsbook is the app to download. You download that, and if you're new to DraftKings, then hallelujah, because $5 bet gives you $200 in free bets to just play with. That's insane. And if you're going to watch UFC 283... Then I think you might enjoy it more if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app first. But of course, minimum age and eligibility requirements apply. Now, let's get back to it. No, I mean, there's crazy <laughs> ones. Like a one guy gave him $1.25 million to go play this banker guy. 
and he you know won 42 million in one night and sent me 10 and a half million or whatever and 10 and a quarter whatever my you, had, you had to was. claim that i mean how do you how yeah. do you, what is that business it's, 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 it's just it's, investing. it's gambling no not cap gains because it's not a year cap gains is basically if you have stock you hold it for a year and then you sell it after the year okay but this is just like straight like buying a piece like a syndicate or whatever and so like people would do this is very common in poker where they'd like syndicate out like pieces it would be um, like investing in another entity assuming they're their own business yeah i mean it's basically like how um uh what's it called uh full tilt poker got started so um it was phil ivy like it was like a conglomerate of like 10 pros that went to play this billionaire guy that was like wanted to play the fucking highest stakes ever andy beale he wrote a book about it um it's, i think it was called like i don't remember the billionaire banker whatever the fuck it was anyways so these guys were all playing him, and he was actually fucking beating a lot of these pros because he was playing them so big. It was like 1,000, 2,000, like, limit poker where, like, the minimum bet was 100 grand or something. You know, this was, like, back before, like, people were playing crazy stakes like they are now. So, like, this was, like, insane money. And it was, like, making these guys nervous, and he was very aggressive, and he was playing heads up, which is an effective strategy for heads up. It was Phil Ivey. He was, like, the only guy that was able to fucking take this dude down. But anyways, when he did take him down, he beat him for, like, $20 million or some crazy amount. And then they started Full Tail Poker with that money. And, you know, fucking, it was, like, all good until they started embezzling and doing fucked up shit. But they were making, like, crazy money on Full Tail Poker. And that was started because of that one game that they all had pieces of. Wow. So, <laughs> what, uh... Like, in these high-stakes poker games, like, when people, like, just straight lose, do you see, like, whatever, like, the yeah. the, the Mercedes car keys go on the table, like, that, the deed to the house? Not usually, but there are dudes that do, like, literally just fucking lose it all. And, like, we've, yeah, there's been some instances. Like, I was actually playing in a game with, like, Gila Liberté, he's the guy that owns Circus Sure. Away playing with him at his house in Ibiza and there was like one guy there that got in like way over his head and these were games where you could lose like a million dollars in a night you know and so this guy was like fucking buried like underwater there's another guy that lost like basically everything um so there are some guys that you know I mean it's like any kind of gambling you know right you can just I mean if you fucking lose enough you know and and at these stakes it's like not that hard um but the reason I brought up Macau was um you asked me about the crypto so I sent a guy over. They had banned white guys from Macau because these white guys were going over there taking off these fucking Asian guys for big money. And so they banned white guys from poker. So I found an Asian kid that spoke Mandarin that was like a U.S. pro that was like fucking good and solid. Wow. We staked him, sent the money over with him. He went over there and made fucking millions of dollars for us. The only way he could pay us is in fucking crypto. And we were, I, was, I remember at the time bitching that I had to pay 5% juice on this Bitcoin. I was like, ah, it's fucking bullshit. I don't want to pay 5%. Like, give me two and a half. <laughs> this whole thing. He's like, well, I can come back with cash. And, you know, because 5%, you know, on a fucking million is 50 grand. You know, it's like not, you know meaningless money so um i was like trying to negotiate the guy I was like wouldn't budge anyways you could like come back with cash but i think it was like chinese like it would have been like duffel bags right and right. Like, what the fuck are you gonna do with this money so he ended up sending the bitcoin i put it on a laptop just like forgot about it and this was like i mean dude i think when we got the money i think bitcoin was at, like 300 bucks a coin or wow something. Yeah, holy shit crazy yeah so it was like years later my buddy's like fucking you know bitcoin's like going off whatever and i was like yeah i got some of that i was like it's on this laptop i had it in my safe i fucking didn't remember the password and i was like come on this it was like fucking a lot of money because like Damn. bitcoin had gone way up and i was like fuck man i was like i was one of those assholes that was like 
trying to figure out my path. I actually found, figured it out and like was able to access this wallet. Um, thankfully I had like done it with this other guy that was like a super rich guy. Cause anybody else probably would have just ripped me off and taken the fucking thing. Um, but yeah, so I ended up, and then I held it and then I actually bought like Ethereum and I bought a bunch of stuff. So I rode the wave. I made, I made a lot of money in crypto. You got out before it tanked. Man, I was able to call such good fucking like times to cash out. Dude, I cashed out at like 1650 and the high was like 19 something. And I remember because I was like, I wrote it up to the 19 and my buddy was like panicking, trying to sell. He's like trying to sell to me. I'm like, bro, I got so much fucking Bitcoin. I don't need any more, but just hold on to it. Don't be fucking, don't be a pussy. Like I was giving him the whole speech and he was a trader. He's a natural gas trader. And never get to me. He said, if you're not a buyer at 17 seven or whatever the fuck he was trying to sell it to me he goes you should be a seller i thought about that and he's right you know like if you don't if you don't want to buy at a certain price then you should probably be fucking selling you know like if you think that it's more likely that it's going to go down than up or the proportion whatever and so i did like when it went down to 65 i sold almost all of it and fucking cash out a shitload of money and then i actually got back in again and wrote it back up and then i sold it at like fuck man i sold the next one at like 58 or some shit i and like the high was like 60 so i like i was just i don't know man i was like i didn't have like a crystal i mean i and i also made some stupid ones like i've held some fucking ethereum which is now worth jack shit right bought some bnb but like the big money i actually cashed out like fucking perfectly well i was like so lucky what's your idea on the future of crypto Man, I mean, it's like, well, you, you know it's the future, right? Like, I mean, the U.S. I, think, I know it's the future. Well, I mean, <laughs> these guys well, don't know it's the future. Well, I, mean, I think everybody. They're still checks at the fucking grocery market to like. Well, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like Bitcoin <laughs> is the future. I'm saying crypto is the future. Yeah. And, it, and it's unequivocal. Blockchain. Like the U.S. already announced that they're doing their own digital currency. I mean, that's gonna, like, there's no, like, doubt about it. There's It's gonna be digital currency eventually. Mm -hmm. like, sure, of course. Because the governments that, I mean, they have so many, I'm surprised they haven't done it already because there's so many reasons why they would do it. A, tracking your money. B, it stops drug dealing. It stops crimes. It's like you can trace shit. You know, there's just so many reasons why, like, I mean, listen, most all the criminal activity operates with cash, right? Or, you know, maybe like some of the, yeah. um, you know, uh, Probably, but isn't crypto like the 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 benefit of it is that it's not regulated? But well, it is now. I think I think now they've done like basically regulatory statutes on like, and they're treating it I think like a securities in the U.S. So I think you have to declare it, and you've got to basically like. But once you do that, then doesn't it defeat the purpose of what it is in the first place? Well, a part of the reason why crypto was appealing was the was the privacy of it. But the real big thing is that you have instantaneous transfers. Like, with, if you go to do a wire, it's like three, four days or something internationally. And then they're going to ask you a bunch of fucking questions. And then maybe they'll send the wire. Or then wires can get kicked back. Or, like, you know, there's all these fucking things. With crypto, it's like boom that shit's gone like it's sent it's in your wallet you have it so it's like if you're selling a car you know you give them you get the crypto you give them the car keys and the title and it's done like otherwise if it's a check that check could fucking bounce they could send you a fucking fake wire and then the wire could kick back i mean it's like a whole thing if right you go to a different country you're not losing money on an exchange rate you could just pay bitcoin to bitcoin and it's like that's another thing you know it's like and then it's like taking money to and from countries like traveling with your wealth you know, I mean, they, the government freezes your fucking accounts all the time. Like, I mean, look at look at what they did with Tate. They like kicked them off fucking Instagram. They kicked them off like all like WhatsApp. They kicked them. They shut down all of his fucking banking. 
they like and they did this all like at the exact same time so like you know there was like a unilateral like fucking like attack on him they shut down his emails like yeah, it was and, pretty crazy i mean and forget about just like with an individual like the the american government is very very touchy about money leaving america that's why they've got like the fat cut like law yeah. with like you know any international bank that has american customers like they're terrified to touch american money they don't want it yeah no we've tried to set up like international accounts and if it's ever in u.s dollars it's like this whole fucking thing anything in right. u.s dollars has to run through a u.s bank before right and they're basically like irs agents now too so like the bank has like this obligation to like check out all their customers report anything that they deem suspicious <coughs> so, why, so why would the American government, when they're not okay with money leaving America, be into the idea of crypto where you can Because they control it. So if it's a U.S. digital currency, they control it. And then they can print more and then they can fucking, you know, like monitor every single transaction. Like if they want to audit you, they can go through the whole fucking thing and everything. That sounds exactly like what would defeat the purpose of. Oh, no, that's not what we want. Like, trust (laughs) me, that's that's the, the worst case scenario of this. Um, so it's like catch twenty two. Like what what people love about crypto, the government doesn't love about crypto, and so what the government's okay with, nobody wants. So it just seems like a non starter. Well, one of the big reasons why I was like hesitant about like very long term crypto is because I felt like the government could easily just you know abolish this or you know make it illegal right. or whatever under so many different things like oh, this is to fund terrorism. Oh, right. this is for sex trafficking. All the dark this web is illegal. Shit. Yeah, there's so many things that they could just like hide behind, be like, oh, well, we're stopping this, or we're doing this or whatever, and this is bad because of this, this, and this. And then everybody that like didn't invest in crypto that felt like they missed out is going to be like rooting for it to be fucking canceled. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it was like one of those things where I always felt like that was a real risk. And a lot of these people looked at crypto, I think, more like a religion where it was like, you know, they just unilaterally fucking believed in this and they didn't, you know, and they're in these echo chambers, right? Where like everybody else right. is like big crypto guys. And so they're like right. gassing each other up. Let me ask you, when's the last time you changed your mattress? How infested is it with disgusting stains and smells and bud bed bugs and mites? I mean, you know, you're supposed to get a new, at- new mattress every once in a while. And why not get one that will give you the best night's sleep ever. How do I know that mattresses from helixsleep.com are going to give you the best night's sleep ever? Because they've got the easy two-minute quiz. You go to helixsleep.com slash Stevo. You take this little quiz, and they match you up with what is the best mattress for you. And my man Vinny tried it. And it was fire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah fire so go to helixsleep.com slash stevo you'll get up to two hundred dollars off of any mattress that that you want to get plus not only that you get two free pillows from helix sleep too helixsleep.com slash stevo for the mattress of your dreams and up to two hundred dollars off that mattress plus two free pillows now you're crazy if you don't jump on that. So helixsleep.com slash Stevo. Enjoy, and let's get back to it. Can, can, can you t- uh, uh, recap the story about the, the, the guy's house you went to 
that had the shark in the pool. Yeah, yeah, man. That was this guy, Sam McGeed, and he was a fucking, <laughs> he was a legend. So he basically, he went long gold, I think it was, um, I forget when, when, but right before he went to LA and he, I don't know, he ended up cashing out for around 700 million bucks. That's, that's how the story goes. And he fucking goes to LA and he's got a degenerative disease where he knows he's going to die. This guy's got $700 million and he basically fucking just does everything that a guy that, you know, fucking may not see tomorrow does. Right. And so like fucking guy said, he was going to like stock his house in Versace tile and you know we thought he was full of shit he's like oh, i ordered it from italy it's four million dollars like yeah, yeah like sometimes you like you know we would just like blow off stuff that he would say but then sure enough this stuff came in and he like literally lined his entire house in versace tile even the top of the poker table right so like the cards are flying off because you want you want felt he like made things worse right then he goes on a gambling bender loses a shitload of money decides the tile's bad luck as it all ripped out of the fucking house anyway so the guy's capable of whatever right so he texts me or calls me and it's like I don't know man two in the morning and I'm like in bed with a chick and I'm like I'm not coming over there he's like come over I got you a fucking present it's, it's fucking amazing and blah 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 I'm like Brock I'll be over tomorrow like I'm sure you know can wait he's like no I can't wait he's like come on over blah blah I'm like what is it he's like I'm not telling you it's a secret and I, you know I'd given this guy like Ferraris and fucking Audemars watches and shit so like when we gave each other gifts it was pretty significant events and uh, so I knew it was like something crazy because he was so fucking excited about it and anyways, I'm like, finally, I'm like, okay, fine. I'm like, baby, get in the car. She's like, I'm not getting in the fucking car. Because she knew, like, when we went over to his house, it was like a black hole. Like, you would go there and, like, maybe, like, yeah. you just, like, wouldn't leave for fucking two days. But you'd leave a lot richer. But, like, you know, it was <laughs> this whole thing. And you never knew what was happening. Like, there could be fucking hookers running around. Like, you'd be spraying them with baby oil. I mean, like, paying them to hit golf balls into the neighbor's house. I mean, the guy was out of his fucking mind, right? And so he tells me he's like he finally spits it out this is the reason I decided to go over there he's like I got fucking tiger sharks I got one for you and me and they're gonna be like brothers and they're gonna live together forever and all this whole <laughs> fucking thing and I'm like what he's like yeah, yeah I got you tiger sharks come on over and I'm like fuck I'm like okay the guy who got tiger sharks kinda wanna see him you know so I get in the car drive over there and I'm like on the way over there I'm wondering like fuck this guy build like a fucking you know five million dollar aquarium in his house but where fuck is he gonna put tiger sharks in i mean like, <laughs> like just drawing out all these things in my mind i'm like i'm legitimately curious uh but i know he has them because he says he's got fucking got them and the guy's like if he says he's got him he's got him so i go over there and he's fucking look in his pool he's got three fucking like king-sized tiger sharks fucking in the pool and there's like fish bones and shit in there i'm just like what the fuck <laughs> and uh and i go over the shallow and there's like, this big fucking shark and i like kind of like oh i'm like curious I, like kind of like grab by the tail and like thing doesn't move and then i like grab it again and give it like a fucking jerk and like blood comes out of the gills i'm like bro like fucking shark is dead man like what the fuck and uh and he's like what do you mean and i'm like dude the shark is dead i'm like this is a fucking pool like what are you doing you can't put like tiger sharks in there like they're saltwater animals and he like looks at me he's like you don't think i thought of that like i'm the idiot and i'm like <laughs> i like look in the bottom of this pool this fucking guy's throwing like morton salt shakers it's like he's like throwing all the salt in this house in the pool he's like yeah. so fucked up on blood that he like really believes that he's like turn this into a saltwater pool <laughs> so he killed tiger sharks yeah like unknowingly like, that's how fucked up this guy hey, was you like, wanted to hear that story i wanted to hear the story yeah <laughs> it was pretty fucked up and then they were in there for like two weeks until like his fucking like just stinking it was just it was horrible it was like 
Yeah, this guy, yeah, he was he was legitimately out of his mind. He did more cocaine than anybody I've ever met, and it's not even close. Like, he, he would have, like, I remember one time we were playing poker, and this dude, like, delivers a duffel bag of cocaine. And I'm just like, look at this thing. And I'm like, what's in there? It's like, oh, it's a little little bit of fucking blow or something. And I, like, open it up. It was, like, fucking just kilos. I mean, this is, like, if, 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 if somebody would have fucking, like, found this, they'd have been like, this dude's, like, one of the biggest drug dealers in L.A. And it was, like, for personal supply. Like, he didn't sell it. Like, this was just for him. Yeah, I mean, where do people like that, where do people with $700 million, who do they buy blow from? I buying? don't know. I mean, it's like Pablo Escobar, this like fucking guy must have bought it from, because I've never seen this much coke in my life. Like, literally, just like bricks of it. And it was funny, because you, like, you would watch him do it, and he would go through so much coke a day, but I, I mean, I would say only like... Snorting it. Well, like only like ten to twenty percent would actually get up his fucking nose, right? Like, like most of it ended up on a shirt or in the <laughs> air. Like you would just get like contact high. I remember he's in a helicopter and like there's fucking coke all over there, and the pilots like going crazy. Like, dude, what are you doing? You know, like it's just in the fucking air ventilation system, and she was just so messy with it. But he didn't give a fuck because he had like an endless supply. But the point is that like he would still do more than would like kill a normal person, but. Like most of it was on his clothes around the house, like. And you said this guy was terminally ill. Yeah, he had some like rare autoimmune disease, so he had, I think it was like eight years to live or some, some short period of time. Well, eight years is the max, but he was like supposed to die in two years or something. Wow. And so he was just like hell bent on blowing this money. He lost eighty-two million bucks gambling one year. I mean, that was like how I got in with this guy. I was over at Nick Cassavetti's house, and we were fucking, and I was like losing. And um and this fucking guy walks in and I was like down one hundred fifty thousand which for Nick's game was a lot like the buy-in was like ten grand and this guy walks in and Nick's like oh like you know you get even tonight and I'm like yeah yeah go fuck yourself and he's like no no seriously I'm like yeah fuck you he would always bust my balls anyways this guy comes in and just like starts betting fifty thousand dollars without looking at his cards and he like he lost like fifty thousand with two like two like two two hands had been dealt he's already down 50 grand before the first orbit he lost 100 and then he starts going all in without looking at his cards and i like look at nick i'm like what the fuck is going on with this guy and that was the first first time i met him was like him just going off like that and so then he would like invite me to his house and we would play heads up poker and he was hopeless like the guy was just like he wouldn't look at his cards he was like <laughs> he was like so distracted I would bring over girls he's like so distracted with the fucking girls all he cared about was like getting pussy and like this is the first time you met him at nick's house is he doing coke in that game he's massive amounts of coke he had coke on the, <laughs> coke, on the t- he had coke all over his nose he looked like he was like eating powdered donuts you know and when he walks in the door and this is like guys like sweating profusely like wearing all black and uh and it was funny that he always wore all black because his coke would show up all over his clothes like anyway so he actually went to the bathroom comes back and he's like fucking rips another one and he's like playing and whatever and like nick's assistant comes over to nick and he's like hey like i think there's like you know some fucking you know dog shit on the floor or whatever nick's like okay well fucking clean it up like leave me alone i'm playing poker guy comes back like a few minutes later and i could hear what he's saying to nick because he's close to me and um he's like well he's like um gotta tell you like you know I, I, I think like fucking sam shit on the floor you know and he's like stomped around and you know he's like tracking it through the house and nick's like okay well, like go clean it up and i'm just like sitting there like 
This dude took a shit on your floor and he stomped it through the house and you're not gonna do anything about it. So I'm like, tell Nick, I'm like, bro, you just uh, you just let people just shit all over your house, huh? He's like, he's like listen, motherfucker, this dude's down seven hundred thousand dollars in a fucking ten thousand dollar buying book. He can shit my bed if I want to. If he wants to. I'll never forget that. I was like, yeah, I was like, fair point. That's that's fantastic. What's yeah. the difference in a, in the mindset of like you hang out with billionaires and hundred millionaires? What's the difference in mindset of how those guys made their money and somebody like me that that that's not there yet? You know, like what what's the difference? I mean, greed probably. You greed. know, like just yeah. I mean, in order to get to a billion dollars, you have to like. I mean, there's a few factors. Like unless you like hit the lottery or some shit. Like you have to really. There's really ruthlessness. want well yeah you have to be super shrewd you have to really fucking like want like infinite amounts of money you have to because i mean most people they make like a couple hundred million bucks so, like i got you know two three hundred million i got enough like i don't need to make no more money i don't need to work like i got more than i can spend you know what i mean like you have to really like want money to become like a billionaire and a billionaire multiple times over like a lot of these guys because to me it's like when i hit a billion two billion i'm out like i'm never gonna work another fucking day of my life like i'm not gonna do anything that i don't want to do for money ever like ever again i'm not gonna fucking take meetings i'm not gonna fucking you know like network <laughs> i'm not gonna fucking do shit nothing like i'm just gonna live my life and do whatever the fuck i want which is similar to how i live now but like occasionally i take meetings right none of those um but these guys man like they just have a different mindset it's like they just want more and more and more and i think it's true of like money pussy power there's like a few things where they're like black holes where like if yeah. that's your focus and that's what you want like you're gonna just go down that road there's no end to it you know? Well, it's like what you said about the OnlyFans. Like, fuck, if I'm making fifty thousand, I want seventy. You yeah, know? like I want like it. And uh, I, had, you were really speaking Scott's language on on that. You know, yeah. Well, because it's like because it, it's not hard work. Because there's a lot of people that work eighteen hour days and they grind it out. It's like there's a, there's got to be a different like. Well, okay. Oh, you're talking about it in that sense. So, so you're talking. Well, I mean, I don't. So I don't know anything about you. Or I don't know what you do. But if you're saying like compared to a normal guy, what's the difference? Yeah, a normal guy is focused on basic needs met. A normal guy is like oh, i want this fucking badass motorcycle like they're thinking like small ball they're thinking like okay what do i got to do to get this motorcycle like when you when i look at business i'm like how can i make the most amount of money in the least amount of time possible like like my goal is to make money i'm not there to fucking enjoy my job i'm not finding something that i like to do i want to make the most money in the shortest period of time possible and then focus the rest of my life on doing the shit i want to do and not have to fucking answer to anybody not have to take shit from anybody that's my goal with money so i look at it differently you know i've got friends that are like you know regular blue blue collar guys and they like you know they're like okay like i want to open this gym because i like working out and, I want, and i'm just like that's not scalable like well you know what you're trying to do like this guy want to build like small houses or like you know do the, i'm just like the shit you're, you're trying to do is not scalable like you want to focus on a business that you can franchise you can scale like something that you can like have a home run but that you can also make like good money you know it's like you want to have like a bunch of sticks in the fire you want to have that home run possibility you want to have the sure money like i just look at it much more analytical you know and a lot of these people are you know focused on like putting food on the table and like you know it's just a different thought process you know and like also you have to have like a strong like ability to take risk like a lot of people are not nearly fucking like capable of taking the kind of risk that a lot of these billionaires take i know billionaires that go broke and it doesn't surprise me 
Like it surprised a lot of people, but it doesn't surprise me because in order to have that mentality of like, I want more and more and more and more and more, you have to constantly be overreaching. So it's like for these guys, you know, like Andy Beal, I mean, I think the guy lost like $4 billion shorting Tesla or some shit, you know what wow. I mean? Like, and I've seen guys like, you know, and, and, and he was almost like considering going all the way. And if he would have gone all the way, I think he might've gone broke. And so it's like, to me, like once you have a billion dollars, you should literally never go broke. Like you should, okay, go gamble with a hundred million. Like, you know, you want to make more money, fine. Like, you know, take a piece and just like, you know, risk that. But like these guys will risk it all, you know? And some sometimes that's why they got where they got is because they're willing to fucking risk it all. Like a buddy of mine, he was worth 500 million bucks. I'm talking to him on the phone. I'm like, just like, he had like almost all of his money in this hedge fund, you know? I'm just like, and he was running the hedge fund and he was like taking a lot of risk. He's a natural gas trader. And I'm just like, bro, like stop. Like you're getting a 30% free roll on everybody's money that's in the funds. So you still have fucking upside. You know, like, what's the difference in your life quality if you go from 500 million to a billion? Not much. Now you can own the yacht or maybe have a bigger yacht, you know, but if you rent it, you're still on the same fucking yacht the same amount of time. Like, your lifestyle doesn't really change that much. But if you draw, you cut in half or you lose, you know, 400 million, your life changes a little <laughs> bit. It's like it's like the the uh, the analogy I give in poker. It's like, if you've got $100 million and some guy in poker says, I'll give you 10 to 1 odds and I'll flip you a quarter for that fucking $100 million. So I'll give you a billion dollars if you win or if you lose, you go broke. You never take that flip. Like, anybody who takes that flip is a fucking idiot. And most times in life, you're not getting 10 to 1 odds on your fucking money. So, like, once you get to a certain level of wealth, like, you shouldn't be taking big risks with your money. You know, there's a lot of ways to have possible home runs, you know, with, like, some seed capital and a startup or whatever, where you're not risking, like, all your fucking money. So, like, I think a lot of people just think about it wrong, you know, and they take Damn. risks unnecessarily. Hustler Academy over here, dude. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's important, like, because you have That's to a- understand, like, the incremental difference between having $700 million and having a billion is not much. But like, you know, or, or, you know, or 500 million to 700, it's like your life doesn't change that much. But like when you start going the other way, your life starts changing. You start working. I mean, depending on like how spread out you are, because a lot of these guys are spread out. Like, I mean, I own a plane. I pay $3 million a year just for my fucking plane, you know? So like people have like, you know, nuts, you know what I mean? Like there's like costs that you have to cover. You got five houses. You got, I mean, I got 27 staff members, you know what I mean? Floyd's got 360 people on the payroll. So it's like, it depends on like how big your operation is, but like as you get more wealth and as you get more properties, you have to have people take care of the properties is all this shit, right? So like it scales. And so I, I don't know, it's probably a fucking long winded answer. But, no, I love it. And I, it, cause yeah, I, it's epic, dude. It, Thank it, you for that. It, it's epic. In, and I'm asking because like, I've always had this idea of like, it's, a, it's all perception. And so like, I always wanted to write a book anonymous and then have like, I would ask you, Hey, give me a one pager of what your idea about money is. And then you would write a page about it. It wouldn't even be what your name is, but at the bottom would be what your net net worth was. Mm-hmm. And then the next person said, so you get like a poor person, you get a rich person, you get all different varying degrees of it. Because some people are like, man, money's the root of all evil. It's this is that it's like, well, they probably don't have money. Or is that accurate? I mean, so I've got different theories on that, too. I mean, basically, the way I look at it is, you know, a lot of people equate money to happiness, and it's not. It's more freedom. Um, And I think money brings happiness and pleasure as you go up. 
but what people don't understand is like if you once you have basic needs met you don't get incremental happiness for more money you do for a short period of time like if you're a hundred thousand dollar a year guy and i bump you to two hundred thousand you're going to be happy but less i'm going to last you're going to get used to two hundred thousand i mean it's stripper mentality right like a stripper makes ten thousand dollars she spends ten thousand dollars and now all of a sudden her baseline what she's used to what she's you know it, it like the baseline doesn't bring you happiness right a baseline is zero you can go up to 10 you can go down to negative 10 but let's just set that the baseline is zero or you want to set a baseline of five and the top is 10 and the bottom zero whatever the point is wherever you are in your baseline that doesn't bring you happiness my problem is you know and a lot of rich people their baseline is a fucking 10 so like there's nothing that i buy that brings me happiness i bought a ferrari i wasn't happy for more than 24 hours put 100 miles on the fucking thing in a year and got rid of it you know like i just didn't care but when i was younger that would have brought me to a fucking 10. The difference was my baseline when I was younger was a fucking three or a four. You know, when I was in the military, it was probably a fucking one. You know what I mean? Like making 860 bucks a month. So like depending on where your baseline is, you have a lot more, you know, leeway to go up. And if you're making $860 a fucking month, you don't really have very far to fucking go down. So the thing is like when you get used to a high level of wealth and now like every car that you drive is a, you know, fucking mercedes or rolls or whatever the fuck ever then like when you go and rent a car from hertz it's always a fucking letdown you know if like you're staying in a fucking you know 30 40 million dollar house and you go out and you rent a house it better be a pretty fucking baller house or it's going to be a letdown like when i travel i got to bring all my staff members chefs assistants fucking all this shit you know so that i can like semi maintain the like (laughs) what i'm accustomed to or else it's kind of a letdown like you know so it's you know it sounds cool and whatever but sometimes like you know it's a blessing and a curse you know when you're used to this level yeah then all these things are let down so it's like that's why i think a lot of like rich people are unhappy is because you know like a, a normal guy look at a rich guy and be like oh well this motherfucker's driving a lamborghini he's got the hot bitch he's you know eating the fucking good steak like how could he not be happy because to the him if he were to step into those shoes that would immediately make him happy but this guy's used to all that shit so when this guy doesn't get a perfect steak or his fucking bitch is an eight instead of a 10, he's like, what the fuck, you know? And so <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And most people look at that and be like, oh, that dude's unappreciative or he, you know, blah, right. blah, like, you know, but no, he's just used to that shit, you know? And it's like, he's had that for so long that that's what he's used to, you know? And so I think perception is the big thing that what, what I want to do when I become a billionaire is go work at Walmart for three months and have like a full reset not Walmart I probably work construction but like whatever the fuck it is like a hundred thousand dollar a year job basic needs met but like a massive fucking like change in life right and then you get used to that just like when I got out of boot camp man I was like happy to go to fucking you know Outback Steakhouse that was a 10 for me you know yeah. getting getting eight hours of sleep was a motherfucking 10 you know there's like a lot of things where it was like after boot camp man like basic shit like somebody not telling screaming at me all motherfucking day was yeah. nice you know what I mean like so it's all perspective you get out of a concentration camp you're gonna be fucking happy about a lot of shit you right. know so it's like a lot of these people bitch that their fucking life sucks and this and that but it's like it's all relative. Like if you're used to, you know, a shitty life, then a lot of things are going to give you these pleasure spikes. I can't get pleasure spikes anymore. I fuck a hot bitch. It's whatever. You know what I mean? I get a badass <laughs> car. It's whatever. You know what I mean? Like I eat a great meal. 
satisfies me you know what i mean but i'm like i'm not getting those pleasure spikes and for a guy that like has been seeking pleasure for so long it's kind of shitty and i and compared it in the book it's like being a drug addict you know it's like you take a you take a per you know being a pleasure seeker is like being a drug addict you take a percocet makes you feel good you know now two weeks later you got to take two percocets to get the same feeling three weeks later you're taking three four five and then eventually you're taking them just to not feel like shit and you don't get high anymore same thing with pleasure so yeah. what, what gets you high now big hands of poker no i mean there's just not a lot you know what i mean so so really the answer is you got to like focus on happiness and not pleasure because pleasure is like fleeting and pleasure is one of those things where it's like it's a black hole you know so what makes you happy oh fuck surfing doing mushrooms hanging my friends (laughs) you know what i mean like this shit that doesn't cost money to be honest with you you know it's kind of funny but like yeah the stuff that like you really will get happiness from I know it's like cliche, but doesn't fucking cost money. We try. I got. I had fucking all the money. You know what I mean? I've done all the shit. Like you know what I mean? Fucking. But it's you know the stuff that doesn't really cost money is the shit that makes me happy. And so you, you like surfing? I do. I'm not great at it, but yeah, I, I, I suck like at it. it. But I've fucking tried. I've towed into some thirty footers. Wow. <laughs> wow. Whoa. Yeah. Where? Um, Kauai. It's funny, man. It's, it's my least like picture. I like <laughs> like risk my life. I never like towed in any bombs before. And the, the guy that I'm like with, it's like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. It's firing today. Let's go out. He's like, I got a f- local friend that'll like tow us in. I'm like, I'm like, I like, what's the danger level on that? He's like, ah, you'd be good, dude. You've been, you've been preparing for this your whole life. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, you've been wake surfing. <laughs> He's like, you're good. I'm like, fuck it, let's go. And so we're like driving out there, and the guy, um, the guy Black Bear was his name. He's like, um, he was he's talking to me about it. He's like, so he's like, you know, you've done this before, right? And I'm like, no, not really. It's like, what's the biggest wave you surf? I'm like, oh, I mean, I got like the shit beat out of me on like some ten or twelve footers, but I didn't really like surf any of them. You know, he's like, so like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. He said this is safe, and, and the Black Bear looks over at my buddy. He's like, what? He's like, you could get fucking killed. He's like, man, he's like, this is like a fucking engine piston. Like, it'll force you down to the bottom, blow your eardrums out. Like, he's like, you can hold your breath for a while, right? I'm like, not really. I'm like, maybe like a minute. (laughs) He's like, oh, man. He's like, you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, we're like almost there. I'm like, I don't know. Should I? He's like, probably not. And my buddy's like, don't be a fucking pussy. He's like, <laughs> anyways, long story short, I go out and I do this, surf these fucking waves. It's kind of similar to like wakeboarding, which I had done my whole life because you're strapped in, but you're going like 50 miles an hour. Like you're <laughs> yeah. fucking skipping across the water. And there's, and it's not like a smooth lake, right? There's like fucking chop. I mean, it's a goddamn ocean. So right. I'm like skipping across waves you know within the wave at like 50 miles an hour knowing that if i eat shit i'm like probably fucking decent chance of dying and i got you know like a few pictures of it and posted it, and it was like my least like photo ever on instagram there, yeah. <laughs> nobody gives a crap about me nobody surfing gives a either. Fuck, man. <laughs> i don't care i'm like in a million dollar truck jumping a hundred feet they're like whatever man big tits they're smashing the like button <laughs> Dude, I, yeah like uh i flew four planes five planes in madagascar took a photo surfing it got whatever likes i take a picture of steve sleeping on the on the plane that gets like tens of thousands of likes it's like uh, wait, 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 you, like it's probably setting up like an instagram you get an idea for an instagram photo and you're like okay we're gonna we're gonna set this up i never do it man i yeah i did i I mean like maybe for ignite or something but like yeah i just try and have my shit just very organic and authentic i feel like the internet is very good at like seeing through bullshit like there have been some stuff like 
you know, we did a photo shoot for like Christmas, you know, where I got like right. two chicks and I got a fucking thing. So there's going to be like some where it's like for something, but 99% of the stuff that I post is just like candid shots of like it's what like, I'm It's like, okay, like I happen to be with like eight super hot chicks <laughs> on a fucking tank with like a bazooka. <laughs> so like, th- this is the time to well, just... Well, the tank one was <laughs> definitely a setup shot, but, but I did rent the tank and I drove over the car and you know, but um, yeah, the picture that I posted was one where I'm just like sitting on the thing and... Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it was like, you know, for me, I, I wanted, and I told my camera guy this early on, I'm like, I just want to like do this shit and you capture it if you don't capture it like it's gone you know what i mean so try and capture it because we're not going to redo it we're not going to you know set up shots because to me man all that shit is just not authentic i see a lot of guys trying to like copy the shit that i do and it's like okay let's get like eight models here and you know and every and all the girls are looking at the camera and it's just like you just know it's a shot that like everybody had to like set up and it's not cool you know like perceived effort is like pretty cool well, but. I mean, yeah, if they're fucking them, but not if they're just, like, paying <laughs> these bitches to sit around right. them. So, for an Instagram photo, like, that's right. not cool. Like, if it's, like, post-orgy, then cool. You know what I mean? But, like... I'll give you that. But that's what I'm saying. But authenticity. You know what I mean? Like, right. and these guys are, like, posting chicks they are not fucking. Like, I'm not posting girls I'm not fucking. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. So, so well, I mean, like, if it's a group photo, I didn't always right. fuck every chick in the group. But I'm saying, like, if I'm posting a girl on my Instagram, it's a chick that I'm fucking. You know? Like, it's not like... Yeah. Integrity. Yeah. Integrity. <laughs> <laughs> It's like posting a picture of another man's car. Like, you right. don't do it, you know? So, like, I had, like, rules, you know, of, right. like, what I was going to do. And I think that's why, like, dude, I mean, I've been doing this shit for, like, 10 years, you know? Like, yeah, it's not like, And you look, like, old school. Like, you know, I mean, you're you're my generation. Like, these fucking people that, um, you know, they were in Hollywood. I mean, usually, like, they had, like, five years, you know, of, like, a run rate. And social right. media has changed it. Like, you can kind of, like, be out there for a long time now you know like because you're just constantly in people's faces whereas movie stars they do a movie six months later it comes out people watch it it's two hours and then it's like you know it's done right so like for them to kind of like stay in the spotlight it was it was more difficult the games change you know so yeah dude it's gnarly man i've been i've been at this for 20 plus years i grew up watching (laughs) your shit so yeah I've seen you at uh, UFC fights uh, yeah. a bunch. Like, uh, when, when there's big fights in, in Vegas, are you doing, like, after parties at, at this compound? No, man. I, I mean, definitely not for UFC. I've never done anything for UFC fights. I just, I've always been a fan of the sport. I was doing jiu-jitsu, actually, before UFC 1 came out. So, wow. like, yeah, so I've been kind of, like, in that whole thing. And I remember when the first one came out. And it's funny, man. I've actually been able to spot stuff like this pretty well. Like, I was like, this is going to be fucking the shit you know people are gonna watch this and everybody's like no fucking way you know and like i remember when the first maxim magazine came out i was like this is gonna be cool you know so like i've been able to spot some stuff pretty good but ufc was definitely one of them where i was like Man, i love it it's like it's like the age-old question right like when we were kids like who right. winning a fight batman or superman yeah you know I mean? it's yeah, like that's so well put yeah like who's gonna win the fucking you know the the the, the boxer or the fucking you know right. the, the the martial artist like nobody knew like when we grew up nobody knew nobody knew yeah. who the badass was nobody knew who really would win you know and this actually like showed you who's gonna fucking win there's yeah. a lot of guys that talk shit a lot of guys that hit mitts and look good on the mitts but like who's gonna actually win in a fight right all we had was hulk hogan 
Lincoln versus Rocky. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, the bullshit fights, you know? And so right. this is the, the real deal, man. And, uh, yes, I, I loved it. I've always been a fan of that sport. Dan, I'm, I'm, I'm scared of uh, the idea of being at one of your parties, but I also really want yeah. to. <laughs> I can't believe I never came to any. Yeah, man. Like, and then now we're linked up, dude. If, if, you have a, if you're having a party, man, uh, dude, shoot me a text, man. That'd be killer. Man, I'd hate to fucking throw you off the wagon, but... Oh, dude, I'm pretty solid. Like, I, uh, I'll make sure I come with uh, a me. sober buddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that like right out of the book. Like, do you have a legitimate reason for being there? It's like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, they were debaucherous, man. I I, fuck, man. I remember some of those parties were just. It was just absolute mayhem. Yeah, dude. And it was just. It was. It was a. It was a cool thing because it was like, I grew up in the whole Playboy era, you know, before they fucking killed it with the fucking one-legged fat chicks trying to be inclusive. You know, like, I remember when it was, like, legit, you know, and Hugh Hefner was doing his thing, and it was just always, like, a dream of mine to go to one of those parties or, like, be a part of that scene, and I feel like I actually did it, you know, to a higher level, you know? like Sure you did. Like, fucking, he never had 3,000, you know what I mean? Like, there was this, and I, and I was adamant about the girls that came to these parties, you know what I mean? Like, there was a fucking, like, strict, like, cutoff, you know? It was, like... If a chick was overweight or she was, you know, not wearing lingerie. I mean, they would just, you know, fucking shut them out right at the thing. I mean, I'm, there was, like, girls in the driveway, like, wrapped around the thing, like, taking off all their fucking clothes because it was a lingerie party. It was, like, the guys, like, give a fuck if you're Emily Ratajkowski. You're not getting in here unless you're in fucking lingerie. So they'd be stripping their clothes <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have integrity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get yeah. everyone chicken a dress. It fucks it up. So, uh, for, for, for the people, uh, listening here, uh, we, we want to get them on the Ignite fucking train. So what's the best way to do that? Well, I mean, it's tough, man. Like they're like all of our products are vices, you know? So like, I hate to kind of like, and that's kind of why I don't promote as much because like, I don't okay. really like to push vices on people. But you know, if you're if you're gonna if, vape, if you're a vaper, then you know stop I mean? being a pussy yeah. and use ignite. <laughs> exactly. Right. So yeah, no, and our tequila is really fucking good too, there man. You I go. legitimately like drink our fucking tequila. You know, I'm 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 using the stuff that that you know are my vices. You know, and right. uh, and it's good products, man. Like it took me about two and a half years to do the tequila. Like we really did like a lot of tasting, and like we did blind tastings and shit at the house and stuff too. So it was like. My goal is to have like a 1942 quality tequila for a fifth of the price, you know. Right. So we did that, and then, you know, our vapes are good too, man. Our vapes are really fucking good. We got, you know, I mean, there's a lot of these vape companies coming out now, with like you know, like Elf Bar, for instance. They like say that they have five thousand puffs. That's what but, I smoke. I smoke Elf yeah. Bar. Yeah, but they're yeah, not. It's they're time not to fi- stop they're, being a pussy. But they're, not, but, they're not, but they're not five thousand puffs. Like I've taken them apart. Like you can see the juice thing. Like, yeah. They, but it's Chinese company. They lie about the puff count, you know. It's like this whole thing, right? But they they're operating with impunity. They're selling stuff in in the U.S. It's like totally illegal. I think they actually just got busted now too, for somebody had had um, patented or copyrighted the name Elf Bar and let them just run for two or three years, make wow. all this fucking money, and, and then- now they're entitled to all of it. Like if so, so like let's say that let's say that somebody had the rights to Stevo or whatever, they could come after you for every dollar that you made in the last twenty years of Steve or however it works, right. right? Like, but all the money, not like a piece, just all of it. And so apparently somebody's got the trademark to Elf Bar, and so they might um, just be like totally fucked. 
Um, that was the last I'd heard um, about that company. Can, can, can we uh, get one of your 27 staff members to run out a uh, Ignite Vape for for this fucking... Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. What do you, <laughs> what do you know uh, about the, the law that's passing, or if there is one, about the flavors? Um, in the U.S., it's crazy, man. I don't really know what they're doing. I think California is like... I think they've shut out flavors. Yeah. Some states have. We're honestly, man, we're focusing much more on like outside. Yeah, outside oh, the okay, U.S. Okay, for sure. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we're gonna get Vinny set up with an ignite vape, Sweet. so he can put down that pussy shit. <laughs> I want to take <laughs> and, a rip. And uh, anything else? We got the ignite tequila. If you're gonna drink, don't be a pussy, dude. Drink ignite tequila. Yeah, man. I uh, fuck. I I, I drink it. You know, I'm not a big drinker, but when I do drink, it's uh, right. That's that's mine. Um, and, and any other shit that we want to promote for you? Honestly, dude, the vapes have just been fucking murdering it. That's really like where you know the future is because smoking is just so brutal, man. Like everybody around you's got to breathe that shit in. Yeah. You know, you got some fucking family driving down the fucking street with their fucking minivan. All the kids are breathing the shit in. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, it's like, like it's, I used to smoke. I quit. I don't want to be around it. It's pretty brutal. Yeah, it's like really bad. I've seen people die of lung cancer, and it's like a pretty rough thing. So. I'm a big like advocate of vaping over cigarettes, you know. So all right, so if you're smoking cigarettes, quit being a fucking pussy and use ignite. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, man. Cigarettes are just—it'll cost you pussy now. Like yeah, back yeah, in the well. day, it was like we could get you laid, you know what I mean? Right. But now it's just not. And now I feel like having a vape is like the new like coke bag. Like these chicks will follow you around the fucking <laughs> club if they don't have a vape, you know. Right. I've seen it happen. Like I know guys that don't even vape that have like vapes in their pockets. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, dude, fuck, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. I, I appreciate the hell out of it, man. That was fascinating as fuck. Yeah, no, man. I'm glad glad we finally connected. I think we can all agree that was a lot of fun, and Dan Bilzerian is a cool-ass dude. Plus, after this, um, like, he brought me on a tour of his house with Scott Randolph. It was ridiculous. I mean, where did he begin? Like I, I, I have it all on my Instagram story. So if you got to this quickly enough, check out my Instagram. Hit my story. Check out his gun room, his hockey rink, like his, his air, indoor airbag. Uh, I mean, <laughs> dude, it just goes, it goes Richter. It's the most ridiculous house I've ever set foot in. Um, and man, I, 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 I'm speechless. So thank you for sticking around to the end. I love you. Yeah, dude. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.